Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast. Joining me today is Matt Suggs. He's currently the EVP of sales for sales enablement firm Mediafly. We successfully led business development for the past 10 years. Matt's been a sales exec for some great firms, including Oracle, Ariba, and GE. And what I find most interesting is uh, his background is as a marksman and a shooting instructor, uh, I, I believe for the Army in the beginning, and he's remained involved in the sport all these years, serving in the, on the board of directors for USA Shooting, which is the national governing body for Olympic shooting sports. Uh, welcome, Matt. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great. So I'm curious about your personal marksman experience and, and that background. And, you know, we're, we're here to talk about selling, but can you draw any parallels between, you know, success you've had on the shooting range and, and teaching others to be successful and kind of being a great seller? Yeah, sure. So competitive shooting is a, it's a sport like, like golf and other outdoor sports that um, it takes place in varying conditions. And um, the weather, wind, um, light conditions, those types of things can really impact your performance. And, and just like selling, your ability to adjust to the conditions you're competing in is, is a big key to success. So um, experience plays a big part in dealing with those changing conditions. But planning and preparation can overcome gaps that you might have in, in, your, in your competitive experience. The same is absolutely true for selling, I believe. I think experienced sellers are seldom phased by the challenges um, that they've seen before mm -hmm. when they encounter them over and over again in their competitive opportunities. Um, but sellers that prepare and plan for the unexpected can uh, overcome obstacles they encounter even the first time. So, so I think part, uh, part of it is kind of having that muscle memory, right, of, of making it to where you've practiced it enough that you can do it over and over again. Um, I think practicing for some of those outside conditions is another, right? And then, yeah. and then just being prepared. So knowing what some of those changing conditions are ahead of time uh, to, be, to be prepared. So yeah, three great things you could take away from being, uh, being a good marksman. And I think you'll find, you'd, you'd agree with me that uh, when, you, when you go out and you're selling, um, especially in competitive um, selling engagements, that um, selling is one of the true great sports. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why it's one of the highest paid professions too, right? Just like uh, athletes, it's, uh, yeah. you know, they make it seem easy. A good, a good athlete uh, makes it seem really easy on the field. I think a good seller makes it seem easy, but um, those who have been out there know that it is a very competitive sport. Uh, it is like a sport and uh, the compensation does come with it. Um, so, You've been engaged in some great sales enablement projects over the years. Um, and, you know, with the companies you've worked at with uh, Ariba and at, at GE and at Oracle and now at Mediafly. And so I would love to get some of those experiences from you. I've heard some of the, um, the stories that you've told over, over these past couple of years. And in Evolve Selling, we kind of put a framework around this of the four eyes. So inspiring, influential, interactive and intelligent. And I'd love to get some experiences from you in each one of those areas of Evolve Selling. So let's start with inspiring and tell us about a customer you've worked with to assure their sellers were inspired. They had the right message and content 
to help articulate their unique value and in turn then to inspire customers? Sure. So, um, so one of the customers I always think of when, when I think of the inspiring pillar is, is uh, Next Stage. Um, so they're a leader in the home hemodialysis space. Uh, they create dialysis machines that can be used in, in uh, both the urgent care, you know, um, as well as in, in your house. And um, they were struggling a few years ago with uh, stagnating growth, even though it's a relatively young company. So they brought in a new commercial leader named Jeff Rains to get things back on track. And what he found was that the salespeople, they were selling in a lot of different ways. Um, they had a couple different lines of business and um, they were using a lot of folks as salespeople that had a clinical background, but there wasn't a great deal of consistency in the way they were delivering the message. So the results were very mixed. And um, this is actually something that we encounter all the time in uh, working with um, with companies that you uh, everyone would have heard of, and then and then companies like Next Stage, which might be a relatively new name to some. But what he did was he implemented a sales enablement platform for MediaFly, and it was able to use that to combine the necessary technical collateral. Um, with video vignettes of patients talking about how these devices, uh, the machines created by Next Stage, were literally changing their lives. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, the results were dramatic because um, yeah, they went from f uh, really flat uh, sales results to 30% um, growth. Um, and, and I think ultimately that's what led to their acquisition this past year by Fresenius, which is mm -hmm. a global leader in that space. And, and in fact, the, the CFO from, um, from Next Stage literally calls it the Reigns effect when they, when they show their sales. That's awesome. Perform. Yeah, so when you, when you have an effect named after you, you know you're a great sales leader. So the changes he implemented actually gave the, the effect name uh, to it, which is just stunning. And I think, you know, I think the CFO was what meant that the uh, hockey stick and growth, but yes, I would agree yeah. with the changes he, he put in place in the way that they delivered their, um, their selling messages. Um, you know, that was definitely part of the Reigns effect. Excellent, excellent. And so the inspiring came from those testimonials that they were able to get out there and use in the selling engagements. And I think the, the entire motion of how they approached the customer changed as well. Instead of showing up with a boring PowerPoint all about next stage in the company, they led with um, the life-changing impact that their solutions could provide um, and the effect on the customer ultimately instead of just all about them and, and their history and their and their products so uh, yeah, outstanding absolutely. the reigns effect i will definitely remember that um next in the, in the four eyes we have influential and this is all about um you know assuring that the content is managed but not just managed but delivered in the right context and in a differentiated way. And I'm wondering if you had an example of a customer that uh, you've worked with that's been able to accomplish that, not just the basic management of the content to make sure that it's the right version, but you know, making sure that it's delivered and, and presented to the seller so that they know exactly what to use at the right time and then being right. able to deliver it in that new way. Yeah, so um, one of our flagship customers at MediaFly is, is Molson Coors. So they're a global uh, uh, producer, brewer of beer. And um, we started work with them and their U.S. subsidiary, Miller Coors, um, several years ago, 
with a, a solution that was designed around combining short selling stories with just the right amount of personalized data to compel the customer to buy. Um, you know, they, they do a very high volume of, of weekly sales calls. And so, you know, the system had to be uh, very efficient. And because they use primarily distributor sales reps, these are people that aren't even employees of Molson Coors, um, it also had to be really easy to use. And so what they did was they, they transitioned from, um, you know, a model of going in and selling based on relationship to these little snippets of um, selling stories that they could combine with one another. Um, and they, they would basically go in uh, before their meeting, they could quickly assemble these and assign them to the account that they're, the outlet, they call it, mm -hmm. that they were going to call on. And then uh, interspersed with um, what you would consider to be traditional uh, slideware or, or uh, sales and marketing collateral, they would put these little pieces of data, economic data about how that program would impact that specific um, uh, outlet, that specific account. And um, putting that information into, um, into the selling story um, has really been uh, a game changer for them. Yeah, and these are distributor sales reps, right? So they don't right. spend a ton of time with each customer. And that's where the whole making this um, easy, very fast, couldn't be technically complex, right? Because are, are these the same people in Miller Coors that are driving the trucks and showing up with the in, kegs or is it? In some cases, um, it kind of depends on the routes and the, and the class of trade. So mm -hmm. if you think about the way they, they um, separate their market as in, in what they call classes of trade. So you have sales reps that might spend uh, 20 or 30 minutes talking to a bar or restaurant owner mm -hmm. about what they call their on-premise business. Um, but if I'm going into a convenience store, that that conversation might have to be 30 seconds to three minutes. Mm -hmm. So so the way that, you know, behind the scenes, the tool is exactly the same, but the selling stories that, um, and, the, and the pieces of data that they provide uh, to compel that customer to action, um, those are tailored for those different types of conversations. Yep. So tailored and situational. Yeah, um, definitely key. And then totally personalized uh, and easily customized for every selling situation that they're in, I think is absolutely key. So great example there. Yeah. Um, one that's near and dear to my heart uh, is interactive. Uh, yeah. This is, you know, having interactive tools to so that you can turn every sales engagement from kind of a, a pitch and a presentation into something that's data-driven and personalized and is a two-way engagement. So do you have a, a good example of a customer that you've worked with in that space? Yeah, yes, I do. Um, so so one, of our, one of our customers on the um, Fly Value Story solution is, is called Coupa. And they're a leader in the enterprise spend management software space, which is a space near and dear to my heart because I used to work at Ariba. And um, solutions in that space, they pack this really uh, amazing ROI. Um, and yet, Coupa's competitors often struggle with quantifying that ROI in a meaningful and believable way. Mm -hmm. So um, Coupa, their approach has been a little bit different. They lead with that value up front. So they start the conversations around um, what the objectives are for the, the financial objectives and the financial impact. Mm -hmm. um, could be of, of deploying their solutions within a company. 
And I, I know this is happening because one of their competitors complained to me about it personally. <laughs> he, <laughs> said, he said, they, um, you know, Coupa always leads with value messaging and it's killing us. And um, so I, so um, I know that that solution works well for them. It also, um, you know, what it's allowed them to do, I, I would say almost every company in that space probably has a, a value engineering team, a group mm -hmm. of consultants that co could come out and deliver a very a robust ROI um, analysis for a client. But how do I scale that to um, hundreds of sales reps? And the way that, that Coupa's done it is using this ROI solution that we created for them. And, um, you know, the output of this, um, which can be generated by any sales rep along with the interactions with their client, um, it's a business, it's a CFO quality business case where the customer actually has ownership of it because they've gone in with the salesperson and adjusted the numbers to match their specific um, case. So um, it's a really powerful tool, especially for those organizations that are trying to uh, quantify the impact, not only the impact of, of uh, implementing products and services from their company, but also the negative impact of doing nothing. So I love the fact that a competitor is calling out the success of the program. I think that's one of the, the probably biggest compliments that the value engineering and the, the team at Coupa could get is that the, the competition is complaining that it's too effective. Um, the last pillar um, is probably becoming one of the most important and that has to do with the data-driven nature of, of everything that um, is about business today. And it's about customers leveraging CRM integrations and artificial intelligence, machine learning, and the intelligence that uh, is available by using tools such as sales enablement and helping to advance the right outcomes as a result of leveraging that data. So wanted to see if you had an example of uh, intelligent, the last of the four pillars in Evolve Selling. Yes, yes, I do. Um, I think the, the first thing to understand is that we're in a, you know, we're in a period of time where access to data seems almost limitless, and yet um, our ability to consume and effectively leverage that data in a meaningful way, especially in front of customers, can still be a, a significant challenge. I think the other thing is that, um, you know, integration with CRM is really, um, you know, the steps that we're taking in that space are designed to uh, address the, the first feature that ever came out in CRM, and that's that sales reps don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you know, let's break it out into those two buckets. Um, so, you know, why don't we get the right information in, into the CRM? Well, really, it's because um, the sales team members uh, didn't input that data. Mm -hmm. So, um, because of that, you know, MediaFly, we, what we've done is we've focused on uh, creating capabilities using artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, to address um, that specific issue, to take to take that burden off of the salesperson. Mm -hmm. So we we are. Um, it really started with the with the uh, wanting to answer a certain question. That question was, what sales and marketing content actually drives performance in the field? Sales performance closed deals, and so um, without being able to determine when a sales rep was having a meeting. Um, you couldn't do that. And uh, the first step that we took was to create the ability for the sales rep to indicate when they were having a meeting. Mm -hmm. And just like every other um, piece of CRM functionality, that 
wasn't really well adopted. So then we looked at using um, the latest in machine learning capabilities to automatically detect when a salesperson was having a meeting. So it, it, it looks at the behavior of the salesperson. Um, it can look at their calendar. It can look at the CRM system, correlate data across those three different um, platforms and determine that there's been a meeting. And also it'll, it'll basically track what content the salesperson used in that meeting. Oh, awesome. and that, yeah, and that, that does two really big things. The first is, um, A, we now know there, there was a meeting and we can put that into the CRM system and uh, we can report on that. The second is um, we can associate the content that was used in that meeting to uh, contacts, accounts, and opportunities in the CRM uh, based on the connection that, that uh, the MediaFly meeting assistant capability is, is, uh, um, is creating. So, um, and ultimately what we, what we have there is, um, is really for the managers, the sale, sales managers, and for the marketing managers, um, we can now separate um, the views of content that matter, those that happen in front of a customer and those that happen from customers viewing shared content from all the other views that uh, matter a little bit less. You know, a sales rep going in and assembling things in preparation for a meeting is not as important as what they actually present to the customer. Sure, and not as important in what the customer actually consumes and then shares right. internally within the organization. Absolutely, right. yep. Then the second, the second area is um, in, in the companies that, that are doing that, you know, people like Thermo Fisher, Goldman Sachs, and Procter and Gamble, um, their ability to actually see um, what uh, content's really being shown in front of a customer. Think of it in terms of um, you know what actually drives your business. Is it um, maybe maybe it's new product introduction or uh, selling innovative products into your customer base? Well, if I don't if I don't know whether that view was happening with a sales rep just kind of educating themselves, or it was a view um, that was that happened in front of the customer, mm -hmm. I really don't know if they're selling the new product. And so um, that's that's I think a key uh, opportunity that most uh, companies um, have out there is to, is to identify what what content use machine learning to identify what content's really driving sales. Awesome. I think that. The second mm -hmm. area is in, in uh, the area of how to use uh, data uh, more effectively in front of a client. So we, this, is a, this is a challenge we run into all the time, which is um, customers have tons of data, tons of marketing data, um, data about their customers, mm -hmm. data about um, product um, you know, loyalty and insights and all this type of thing, but they, struggle to surface that data um, for the salesperson at the point of attack when they have the opportunity to actually influence a purchase um, using an application like Mediafly. So um, we've spent a lot of time working with customers like in the, in the case of Miller Coors. Um, they had great data before we showed up, just nobody used it. So mm -hmm. now what we've done is we've, we've created um, experiences for the sales rep where they can, they can take that information um, put it right next to a selling story, and um, they can leverage um, that one line of data that says, "Hey, this product sells well in your in your neighborhood, but you're not stocking it. This is the amount of of uh, volume you're missing out on." 
by not stocking that. Um, they actually have that uh, in their application. They call it the distribution gap finder. It's not a sexy name, but <laughs> what is sexy about it is every time they show that one page, 57% of the time they put a new product into that outlet. That's and um, in, a, in, a, in a business where you're scraping for single digits of market share and volume, a number like 57% is pure gold. Yeah, and they were paying a lot for this data, right? This data was coming from a third party and they, they were providing well, they were, it to sales, but sales couldn't interactively leverage it with well, they, customers, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was uh, they were using portions of data that they purchased and then they were curating that data into a report um, that, you know, it was the size of a small city phone book. <laughs> and um, so, so for a salesperson, especially a distribution uh, uh, sales team member, to go in and, and find that one line item and, you know, how do, I, how do I then present it to the customer? I can't just bring this whole big report with me. Um, to get away from that to a digital model where um, they select the account in the application, they pick a couple selling stories, and then they pick that distribution gap finder and it refines all the data down mm -hmm. to the two or three line items they want to show um, automatically. Um, that's a totally different motion for that, for that sales person. Yep. So think about all of the data and the benchmarks and other things that you have that you could be surfacing yep. dynamically and in an automated way. Um, a lot of companies just aren't taking advantage of that because the, you know, they're not developing those kind of sales tools and applications. So That's great right. example there. So we went through the, the four eyes, inspiring, influential, interactive, and intelligent. Um, but I want you to boil it down to, you know, if you had one piece of advice to impart on those who are listening, um, what would that advice be? Sure. I think, I think the first piece of advice I would give is um, to identify the connection between your sales enablement project and one of the key commercial challenges in your business. So, um, you know, sales enablement, there's a lot of buzz around it and there's um, I've had clients approach me and say, well, we want to we want to um, implement a sales enablement solution because, you know, uh, an analyst told us to or a consultant told us to. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it has to come back to um, something that's more elemental. You know, we I think sales leaders certainly would know the answer to um, where the opportunity is to grow their business. Is it selling more to my existing customers? Is it selling to more new customers? Is it new product introduction? Um, or is it, you know, tackling a certain insurgent competitive threat um, to your business? So it, I would say that the, the most successful sales enablement projects are those that connect back to one of those, I would call them elemental challenges, <laughs> one of those fundamental challenges in your business. Because what's going to happen is, if you, if you gear it to that challenge, then um, at the end of the first year, um, you won't be asking yourself, wow, what was, the, what was the impact of this? You will know the impact because you're really targeting something that is a driver for your business and where you have an opportunity to move the needle. And um, so that would, be the first, that would be the first piece of advice is to orient your sales enablement efforts um, to address one of those elemental challenges that you have commercially in, in your company. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I think that's great advice, Matt. Thank you so much. How can folks find and uh, reach you online? 
Yeah, so you can reach out to, you know, you can look us up at uh, mediafly.com um, or you can hit me up on uh, LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and, and happy to, to uh, uh, answer any questions that somebody might have. Awesome. Those are great examples, Matt. I love uh, every tangible one in terms of the results it's producing. So keep up the good work and uh, great shooting. Thank you, Matt. Yep. Yeah, thanks a lot.